Hey you, it's Deidre Shen here, CEO and co-founder of Cap Show and the host of this podcast, Grow My Podcast Show. And we're going to change it up a little bit on this episode. I have actually invited Bonna, my co-founder, who you've heard from before. Hello. And also my other co-founder and actually husband, Ash Clark. Great to be here. And what we decided to do for this episode is uh, you may or may not have heard that we went live finally with Cap Show 2.0. And it's been, a, it's, it's been a bit of a journey, let's just say. And I'm sure that if you've been receiving my emails, you've kind of been keyed into some of the things that we've been doing, some of the things that we've been having going on. And I really actually just wanted to, in a way, have a cathartic experience with this particular episode. To almost recap on on that journey, on what we, as entrepreneurs, what we kind of experienced and, and went through and almost some of our learnings, because if nothing else, I hopefully as entrepreneurs yourself, you would know, either know some of these things, but also you know, hopefully some of the, the, our own learnings can help you out as well. Hopefully that's, that's, that's the aim. And um, yeah, I just, it's going to be pretty fluid. It's a very not edited episode off the cuff off the cuff yes unplugged for sure so i wanted to maybe bonna if you wouldn't mind helping set the scene for gosh all the things that have happened like the journey and it started really mid-jan i think it was just week before PodFest that we were like, okay, this is now the direction that we want to be going in. And if you haven't listened to my episode on the humanity era, on, you know, the humans, how how humans and AI should be, I guess, how as humans, we should be leveraging AI or need to be leveraging AI, I should say, then go and listen to that episode because that will give you a lot of context around what prompted our decision to actually create 2.0. And then we hit PodFest and that was just crazy. That was a crazy time. We had in our minds, so that would have been, what was the date of PodFest? Late Jan. Late Jan, yes. Yeah. So, and we had, we were like, Feb 14th was when, at least for beta, we were going to go live for beta. Yes. We thought, happy Valentine's Day to all of our community. We're going to go live. Yeah. With beta. Yeah. At least to our Capture Collective community. Yeah. Uh, so it was going to be one of those things where we'd be like, you're my Valentine and here's Capture 2.0 beta, beta to try as my Valentine. But that didn't happen. Definitely not. No. We, that got pushed by a couple of weeks. And, and we thought Podcast Movement Evolutions was it. Yes. Was going to be when we would launch instead. Yes. So when, when was PME? That was the first week of March. Wow. Okay. Yeah. March 6th, I think, was the date. Yeah. And that did not happen. <laughs> did not happen because I think I had my first mini meltdown just before that because we were running really hard for that date and we realized yes. we're probably not going to make it. Yes. Okay. So, wow. Okay. So we're already telling you, but let's let's step back a little bit. Obviously, I've, I've pointed you, if you want to hear the philosophy behind Tupreneur, definitely go and listen to that episode. But I did want to just talk a little bit about some of these changes that we had decided to make with 2.0. And it really does center first and foremost on the editing uh, and how do we make it super, way more customizable, way more flexible, put more control in the human, in the creator's hands. That was our whole ethos, our whole philosophy behind it. And obviously as part of, because we we're going to upgrade, you know, the editor, we 
decided to make a ton of other upgrades as well, like parallel processing and tone of voice. And it was, and the whole UI, which is also, we should touch on that story as well. What happened there? Which, let's just say we've had a lot of learnings on this journey. And we kind of, we did want to delve a little bit deeper and, and give you insight into what it is that, how this works. And if you are also an, a, a tech entrepreneur, you would probably know a lot of these things. And you're like, yep, this sounds really familiar. This is actually our first go at, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for almost a, pretty much a decade now. Mm. First time that it's been in software, in tech. So a lot of the things that I'm experiencing and learning is like the first time that we're learning and experiencing all of these things, which is fun, but it's also a little bit like, wow, I really wish we had known that <laughs> before we'd made that decision. So case in point was going dark mode, which I did not realize was going to happen when we launched guest beta for the first time, which by the way, we've kind of rolled back and we will relaunch that soon. But I didn't know that it was like, we just weren't clear enough with our requirements with the developer, developer We didn't team. know it had to be a requirement. <laughs> we just thought, surely that's not going to happen of all things. Yeah, that it was that's just, not going to get yeah, delivered. It was all going to go into it. So Bonners, basically for 2.0, Bonners one request, she was like, we cannot go live with 2.0 unless we have light mode. Look, I was getting it from everyone. Those of you who are listening and were advocates of light mode, you know this, that everyone's saying, I'm not going to sign up to your product till you have light mode to write through to people saying, hey, I can't read. So if you could, please switch it back to light mode. That would be great. So that was, you're right, my one non-negotiable. One non-negotiable. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that that was what pushed us back the two weeks. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> okay. So that was, so yeah, that we, a ton of changes that we had coming 2.0. We knew we, it was like a, a full redesign of the UI, the interface, like the how you as a Capture user would be interacting with Capture was going to completely change. So it was a really big undertaking. And anyone who's been following our journey knows that we don't, we don't, we don't back away from a big undertaking. In fact, we embrace it wholeheartedly and we sprint. Full steam ahead, you know, with the speed at which we we iterate and drop new features, etc. You, you know that this is this is just part of our DNA, and so you can probably imagine how hard it is, what a difficult pill it is to swallow when we do have to make the decision to to delay. Mm. It's really really hard. Okay, so. Then, so we hit PodFest. We were super excited because we were like, yep, Feb 14th. It was going to be two to three weeks until we go live with beta. You know, out we had lined up. Capture the collective guy, you know, our team, our community was like, they're like, yep, we're ready for it. And then we're like, mm, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for probably another couple of weeks. And when we did finally launch beta to them, it was a pretty, you know, like half-baked for sure. Lots mm -hmm. of bugs. We had only opened a couple of the assets for them to try yeah but you know troopers because they forged ahead anyway gave us a ton of good feedback and then we hit and so our new and so beta was going to go for about four weeks so mm -hmm. march 14th was going to be our go actual go live date and that was going to tie in with we would come back from pme from podcast movement evolutions or well, i think originally it was going to be we were going to try to just do it the week of yeah and then i think that you know, that wasn't going to happen. So we're like, okay, that's fine. We'll give ourselves an extra week and we'll launch when we're back. And that didn't happen either. And so again, you can, by this point, when that didn't happen, I was, I'm like exhausted. I'm mentally tapped out. 
I'm like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. Mm. You know, it, it's it's totally rational, but these are the 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 thoughts, right, that are yeah. going through my mind for sure. To be like, how do we make this happen? And well, I mean, it eventually launched two weeks after that. I think after our yeah. second milestone, but really, those I think those are probably two of the hardest weeks. I have to say, yes. after we decided, okay. Like we, to your point, we kind of said this is feels like we missed it the second time around. And I think there was that, that final push yes. that felt really hard. But I think, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. And we had a couple of breakthroughs with some beta feedback coming through. But we just took a step back and said, what are we actually trying to do here? Yes. And let's just, you know, really, really get clear about what we're looking to launch. Yeah. And then kind of really made that decision. And I know, Bonner, you you went through your own moments as well, so I'd love for you to share. Yes. Well, I guess as the, let's say, externalizer in the group, in the team, obviously we have a very resilient and strong team, us co-founders, but also our the rest of our team. Everyone's very resilient and very strong and just get this get stuff done. I would say I'm definitely, like I said, the externalizer who, and I had a specific moment, I had many moments, don't get me wrong. It's not like I am, you know, good at, you know, kind of being perfect with that stuff, but Definitely one moment stuck out to me. I think it was in that phase that I just spoke about, those two weeks after we'd pushed it for the second time. And I personally could not see the end of the list of things that we had to do. It felt like to go live. And the feeling was, I thought this was a sprint. I ran accordingly, but turns out it's a marathon and no one told me that. And no one can tell me where the finish is. Do I have 50 kilometers left? Sorry, miles. Or do I have two miles left? Do I need to rest? Do I need to sleep? Or should I just sprint this out? I think that was the frustration. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point on one fine Saturday afternoon while we were waiting to test, I think. I found myself alone with my thoughts. And I just burst into tears. I couldn't stop crying. I think I even mentioned this to our office hours where I said, this is what happened over the weekend. I, I tried to hold it in. And this is usually how I deal with my stress relief. And I just couldn't. I couldn't get a hold of myself. And I think because we were going to get ready to test again in, in an hour or so. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I like to give myself just time to say, okay, next 15 minutes, just go all out. And then we're going to put our big girl pants on. And I couldn't do it. So I think I collected myself and I said, okay, cool. I'm going to get ready to get out of my room now. And then I saw you guys and then I couldn't stop. I started again. You're like, what is going on? And I said, I don't know. I'm just going to, you know, and I think I Put you guys in a very awkward position because you're like, what do we do now? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Bono knows how awkward I am when people are crying. Either like I feel like I'm about to cry myself, and you or, don't even know why. Yeah, you're just, or like I'm just like awkwardly patting her, going like, they're there, they're there. Do you want some ice cream? And in your defense, I'm not a. You know, you, you see some people who are elegant criers. You're just like, oh, you see the release of emotion, and you can feel something. I'm not that. I'm like, my nose is running. I'm probably dry heaving. I'm an ugly crier. And it's it's a bit of a spectacle. And especially, you know, a fully grown person. And to make it worse, I'm trying to stop it as well. I'm saying, no, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm laughing a little bit, but then I'm crying. And it's just this maniacal situation. Yeah. So I think that for me was just, I think that exhaustion, just trying to leave my body in some healthy way, yes. hopefully. Yeah. And it just, me just genuinely not feeling like, usually I'm pretty good at being resourceful emotionally to say, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But I think it was just me feeling at, at my wit's end to say, I don't know. Yeah. I and know. I think, you know, honestly, we, I think we all were. And, and I definitely want Ash to chime in here as well and, and think, talk about his own experience. But in a way, when, when Bonner started crying and was like, this is how I'm feeling, it was kind of another form of, it was, it was somewhat cathartic as well, that, because it was like, oh, okay. I thought, and I'm much more of an internalizer, of course. So, you know, it was all happening in my head. 
And it's like, actually, we aren't alone. And that's the great thing about actually being vulnerable and open is that you realize more and more that A, you're giving, you know, so in that moment, you know, Bonner was without unintentionally giving to us in terms of, hey, this is how I'm feeling. And in a way, her sharing that was like, oh, I'm not alone in yes. thinking this. I, I, you know, for me, I'm like, I have to be strong for the team. I have to, you know, this is, the, these are all the things that are going through my head. So I'm like trying to, it's this struggle of, you know, let's, let's motivate and push the team forward and stuff. And then here I am, you know, inside my mind going like, what the how heck the is heck? Yeah. <laughs> is how, like, how are we going to do this? What yeah. Is, yeah. And we do this, which exactly. is a really scary thought. So it was a really, it was a really great way for, I think, us as the co-founding team to come together mm -hmm. as well. But Ash, please share us some of your, your experiences. Yeah. I mean, I think when Bonner kind of had that, that kind of moment, it's just a reflection of how we'd all been like, well, we might not have all been feeling that way at that moment. It was just Bonner. It's how we'd been feeling for the previous week, the week before that, I guess at that point, we'd been maybe eight to nine weeks into it. So at some point in that two month journey, we'd all experienced that probably multiple times. And again, as a kind of a, a co-founding group, a team here ourselves, as well as our, our wider team, like being able to kind of share that and kind of come together just to, again, you know, galvanize at that moment, it also helps to galvanize, okay, this is what we now need to do the next steps to kind of get through. Because yeah, I mean, that's, as I said, it, it had been a an eight week kind of journey that to Bonner's point, it felt like every two weeks that we were going to sprint and complete it. But then, you know, you kind of have those emotions during that period because, you know, you always put the pressure on yourself to your tasks that you need to do. And that's, everyone would be feeling that within their business again, this, I need to do this so that I can go live. And this is the expectation or someone else is relying on me. And then when we kind of didn't deliver you know, again, these kind of arbitrary timelines that we're placing on ourselves that it's not truly the end of the world for our users. Like they're still out there, they're using Capture, they're still having a, you know, they, they're getting benefit and value from it. But we just set ourselves up to kind of just be so stressed out at times the whole whole way through. So I think that was probably the the feeling that, you know, the last eight to 10 weeks in terms of us setting that desire for a 2.0 in late January and then kind of delivering it in late March, just the, the peaks and the troughs of emotion just kind of came at sometimes definitely, you know, from the external and, and the product and other times just internally putting that pressure on ourselves. And we, I think we all do that and it's getting better at managing that because, you know, that's not helpful to deliver the best outcome for the team, your own work, et cetera. Yeah. And honestly, we do want to share some learnings as well in, in this episode, but, and this is going to probably segue into one of the learnings, but I honest, <laughs> how do I say this? So I'm, I'm an introvert and all my life, I didn't really, I don't know how, how I frame this. Like I didn't, I don't, it's not that I didn't believe in it, but I guess it just didn't really, it wasn't top of mind for me to think about communities and, and things like that. You know, I know that people have different experiences of this growing up. You know, I'd never, I grew up in a very secular family, so we didn't go to church. And I know that a lot of people from a very young age feel, you know, that's their community. First community at exactly, least. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't really allowed to do team-based things. So I didn't play team sports until I was, you know, high school and in uni, university. So even that, I didn't, you know, that wasn't really, I wasn't really part of a lot of teens from it. And so that 
I didn't build community muscle there. Like I didn't, my, my parents were quite introverted themselves. They didn't really love, you know, making friends. And so I didn't really have a big community by way of even family, friends and stuff. All of our family, we obviously migrated to Australia, but all of my immediate, in terms of cousins and uncle and aunts were all still in Malaysia. So again, didn't really have a family community. So yeah. for me, the the concept of community was never really something that I had ever known or desired or, you know, I didn't just, it was just something that I didn't really know or mm-hmm. feel about. And so I think for me, one of the great things and what honestly probably pulled us through the really hard times over the last few weeks was our community, the Capshovians. Yeah. You, you listening to this right now, literally you are the ones who pulled us through. And I do want to shout out a few people and I think oh, I might hand over to Bonner because we got some amazing emails and I got some DMs on you know Instagram and Facebook and stuff because we have been very transparent with, as we are now, with where we're up to and you know even so we're recording this on the Sunday after we went live we went live on Friday and we had originally planned to go live on Wednesday and uh, you know we even shut the you know you would know again you we shut the website down no one could log in on the Tuesday night because we didn't want that to impact anyone's workflow Tuesday night into Wednesday morning and I had to make the really hard decision that we just couldn't we just couldn't go live and that was really really tough that was a really hard decision to make because everything every nerve ending in my body was like we need to go live we've told everyone that we are and then here I am going we we just can't we can't deliver this is not going to help our Capshovians at all Mm. and so we had to (laughs) walk that back I guess the the Wednesday morning worst feeling in the world yeah I remember I think we were up until 3 4 a.m and I actually had a mastermind for our capture collective members at 10 a.m central uh and I remember going on and I think by then we hadn't actually even actually emailed out to say that we we hadn't gone live with 2.0 and so it was the first time that a lot of our collective members had heard that we didn't actually go live and I'm like I, I was not that I wasn't mortified, but it was close to that where I'm like, I don't know how to say this in a mm. way that because I felt I just felt really bad. I felt, yeah. And it was almost a, in a way when I said it, it was almost received as like an afterthought. I don't know if this is a bad thing, by the way, but it was always like, oh, OK, cool. Are we getting into the session? Thanks for the intro and update. Yeah. But yeah, that was so that was tough. Mm-hmm. So apart from that, so I know that, you know, the people on there likes of Jerry and Diane and Kara and Buzz and gosh, so many people that, oh, Brent, you know, you guys know who you, who you are, who were on that call and heard it, I guess, first for me that we hadn't gone live. And the fact that you were even nonplussed, I mean, now thinking, looking back at it, I'm like, oh, maybe that was actually not a good thing. But the fact that it wasn't a big deal, mm. I think helped to be yeah. like, oh, okay, it's actually not a big deal. It's mm. just in our heads, as Ashwell said, like this this internal things yeah that was really driving this and actually like people it's not that they don't care but they understand yeah or or they're we found any way I think in that in that I just remember coming online and and seeing my face on zoom and immediately turning the camera off because just you know had zero sleep looking like 
not very good. But really, I think the messages we got at that time, the concern or the care was more about how we're doing and to encourage us versus when this goes live in however long, you know, we don't care about that so much. We just care about that you guys are doing what feels right. And we would rather not test a buggy product if that's okay. And I think that was a distinction where we're like, wow, we've really built a human exchange here versus just a transactional software exchange, which I thought was awesome. And I think what you kind of see with that, and again, it is, it is that idea of like with all of our, our kind of products, whether it's, you know, physical product or you've got a kind of coaching business, you always are trying to, I guess everyone's iterating to the next kind of cool new thing. And you think that that's amazing and you kind of start to discount and disregard what you've already built. And, and that's where we're kind of thinking, okay, this 2.0 is, is going to be amazing. It's going to be another level. Um, but what we, what we see there is that, you know, what we have built up until that point is very, you know, it's, it's impactful. It's useful to our, you know, Capshovians. So therefore that's why that non-plus kind of behavior is there because, Hey, it's not like we're sitting here waiting for this thing that doesn't exist and we can't wait for it. We're playing with, you know, and daily using what you've delivered and you're just making it better. So we're happy to wait. Mm. You know, our life is still good right now. Whereas I think we have this tendency to always now just go, okay, we're building the latest thing. It's all or nothing for this. Clearly I'm building this because the other thing must be bad. Yes. It's, it's broken. Yes. And it's, it's never the case, which just what we tell ourselves. And it's in those moments, which why community is so important is that they kind of help check you and reset. And then you start to realize that, okay, you know, I do have those two days up my sleeve and, and it was a good decision. You know, while it feels like failure on our end and we're mm -hmm. like, you know, you don't want to make that call at four in the morning and then go to sleep because then you don't go to sleep because you're thinking about the failure you've just basically, you know, put on yourself, your team, the poor users, like they're going to feel the failure and they just like, cool, like, thank you for turning the site back on so I can use Capture. <laughs> like, that's true. Yeah, that yeah, it was that was a good learning. So, I do want Bonner to share some of the messages that we've we've been getting back and yeah. some shout out some some of the amazing Captrovians who've Absolutely. been supporting us in this journey. Yeah, I kind of had to work really hard to just pick some. So please know that every message we got was so encouraging. I shared this with all of the team. One of my favorite ones was from Kim, where she said, "Don't worry, I will be here when 2.0 is ready. I'm personally blown away with what you have accomplished. So remember." Grit and grace will win the race. So I thought that, that was a great thing, I think, to wake up to in that morning when you're feeling very, very bleary-eyed. We had Sandra say, I just wanted to know that I personally appreciate all the hard work you and the team are putting in for Capture 2.0. Here's to better days. Of course, Jerry, our favorite Jerry. Mm -hmm. I love your tenacity and drive. There's no doubt that you're all high achievers and I love it. Thank you for your candor, humility and vulnerability. So I think that was really great for us because, like you said, we're being transparent and open this was actually really lovely because we've talked a lot about our existing Capshovians, but Crystal, hi Crystal if you're listening, as a new Capture user, I wanted to let you know that your communication through this transition has been wonderful. I greatly respect and admire your transparency and vulnerability in this process. That was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah. And a final couple of ones. Leon, hi Leon, keep pressing on and don't let your pain go to waste. I love that because oh. it was painful. <laughs> It that was painful. painful when you're trying to stay awake at 3 a.m. and your eyes just won't cooperate. That's right. That was there was a purpose behind that. And finally, James, eat some chocolate, drink some wine, take a breath and work it. James, if you're, listening, if you're listening to this, can you please reply with what exactly we're meant to be working <laughs> when you when you wrote that message? Just life. Just life advice there from James. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he is the dad of the Capstrovian really with is. the dad jokes and everything. So, yes. and James did send a lovely DM as well, following on on the Friday, I think, when we did finally go live, just sh- with it sharing his love for for us and and the whole team. So, you guys, we we appreciate each and every one of you. We read all of your emails, like legitimately, uh, and we are constantly touched by your support. You're cheering us along on this journey. Your patience. <laughs> we take none of that for granted. I hope, I hope, really, really hope you know that. And that kind of leads into, I think, our first team learning when we were kind of like, oh, what, what did we learn from this experience? That learning for me, def- for all of us, I should say, but definitely for me, because again, you know, now my, you know, that community was just never a thing for me. Just how important it is to have this community that you can lean on. And the only reason why we can lean on you as as part of the Capturian community is because we have been intentionally or otherwise unintentionally just open and, and, and that goes a long way, which I didn't realize, <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's not one of those things that you kind of know, you just do it and then it actually gives back way more than what. I feel like we put out, mm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think people, I think we all feel this. We are always on the lookout for authenticity, but and it's definitely imperfect for sure. And I think when you, for me, I've realized that like, as long as you are sharing, and, and I think that goes with also sharing successes. I think we've been pretty good at sharing that as well, because then people feel like they're part of something. And I think that's been what's so wonderful. And it doesn't work with everyone because some people are just like, just shut up and make the software good. And that's totally fine as well. There's some people who are just more transactional in nature, but you find, I think, a really awesome group of people who believe they can see the vision with you. Mm. I think that's really huge because as we know right now, even 2.0 isn't even, there's, we have so much, I guess, such a big vision behind it that we're just getting started. And I think it's so amazing to have people who are going to be in the trenches with you, reminding you on the days that are really tough, but also celebrating with you because celebrating alone is not very fun. Mm, for sure. Yeah, so that that was our first learning. And again, we, we do want to make this very applicable to you as well. Hopefully you're learning as we're learning. If you do not yet have a community for whatever service, product, co- consulting, coaching, what, whatever, you, like it is key. And we found that the only, I'm going to say the only way that you can build a community is by being incredibly authentic, open, transparent. There's none of this oh, we're, you know, at the, we're on this pedestal and look up to us. Like that's that's not at all how we operate, as you can probably tell. It is very much like we are in the trenches with each and every one of you. And our whole aim is that if we can help our community succeed, we know that we'll succeed. Like that's, you know, so it's almost putting each and every one of you first, because by doing that is when, you know, we'll, again, we'll, we'll get back a lot almost a lot more than we give it feels like mm. and the practical implementation step around that i know that we've had to think about this is to really think about you have to have to be very careful and cognizant of what level of access you can actually meaningfully give to your community so for us i think it came down to okay we're really going to double down on email because that's really something that we're very very actively nurture in terms of our list but we also decided we would make ourselves available for office hours and that's another way that we can build a more physical and i'm doing the quotation marks so I think it's really thinking about what you can actually meaningfully afford in terms of your own limited bandwidth and time 
and just really doing that well versus trying to be everywhere, mm. building community everywhere. Yes, for sure. So that's the first learning is the importance of community and, and how to really build that strong community around you. And once again, thank you to our Capturians for being that for us. The second thing was, <laughs> gosh, this was a struggle for me. And so I, anyone who hasn't read, I was actually speaking to Jay Cron, who was the CEO of Kajabi. Now he's just on the board of directors and he was introduced. We were introduced by Alex and Filippo, but he had recommended a book that I read this book called um, Simplify. I'm trying to remember if that was the right one or if it was the star principle. Anyway. We'll link those both in the show notes. <laughs> yes. And so I just come up, I think I'm pretty sure it was Simplify. And there were two, there's two ways that you can kind of be a market leader. It's either you simplify from a pricing perspective or you simplify from a proposition perspective. And, you know, the big, the the example that always gets touted from the proposition perspective is the likes of Apple and, you know, and just how really they won because of how intuitive they made their product, just how easy. And so I became obsessed with this idea of like, how do we build a product that is just so easy for people to use? And what happened actually was that I was like, oh, there's all these UI things that we need to to do. We got stuck on this drag and drop thing that we had in our minds. It was going to be beautiful. It was going to be like this this like mix of Asana, like Asana in in an editor form where you can really smoothly drag and drop content into the editor and and move it around inside the editor and and things like that. And it wasn't quite as intuitive as I had liked it. And so, and in my mind, I had this like a whole Apple thing and it's like, oh, okay, we have to make it like super, just beautiful, like just a joy for people to use. And gosh, that like, again, I take full accountability for, you know, taking us down that path and, you know, really making that a big deal because in a way I think that was, and I didn't realize that this was happening, but I think that was almost that perfectionist side of me also coming out to be like, oh, okay, well, I just, I read this book and I read about this principle where we have to make this thing a joy to use. Like, we are going to make it a joy. <laughs> you will enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> and what that means is that we are going to have this amazing drag and drop functionality. And then, you know, I was like on, on our development team to be like, we have to have the shadow animation. We have to have all of these things that would, was going to make it a joy to use. And that was going to, and we could not go live. I was like, we cannot go live without this because my perfectionism was really, you know, rearing its ugly head. And then, do you want to tell the story of the feedback did, from beta? Yeah. Yes. So we, so for those of you who are looking to build a drag and drop, let's just say it's not as easy as it probably looks. And yeah, so we were on this path to have all of these animations done. So the drag and drop was a joy to use in Deidre's words. And it got to a point where we said, look, let's just get out what we do have and beta testing out. Awesome collective members were beta testing for us. So let's just get it out there and see what they think and let's get their feedback. And I remember thinking, oh, gosh, how are they finding the drag and drop? Let's let's get the feedback. And we had one of our weekly office hours. And before that, I had seen that there was a live chat message. I didn't get a chance to. And I, it was one of our one of our collective members, Kara, who'd messaged me and said, oh, I want to see you on the office hours. Let me just pick it up then. And she said, oh. Bon, I'm so sorry, but there's like a really big bug in your software in, in beta. It's not working. I thought, oh my gosh, what's not working? And Ash was on this call too. It was just the most hilarious moment. I said, see this thing on the right? I love all the content that's been created, but no matter how many times I click on it, it's not moving to the editor. 
She's like, I'm so sorry. And she, the poor thing was trying for, I think, half an hour. And then I said, oh, it's a, it's a drag and drop. You've got to pick it up. And she's like, oh. oh, the whole group went, oh, we all thought this wasn't working. We didn't want to say anything. And Ash and I were just like, you have no idea how long we've been working on this drag and drop. Did you see the shadow that it leaves when you pick it up? No, because he never thought to drag and drop it. So it was just, I just thought it was one of those hilarious moments where just the, just the ridiculousness of it, you know, where we had been obsessing about this thing that was firstly not intuitive at all, which was the thing we wanted it to be intuitive. Yeah. yeah. It was not a joy to use. Nope. But the great thing about that after just, just, I had to say, I had to, I laughed and then everyone thought I was laughing at them. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm laughing at, us. you are not the fool in this situation. It is 100% us just one of the countless meetings we had about this drag and drop editor but that led us down a really good path to say oh actually Karen tell me about that so you clicked on that that's what was and she was like yeah clicked on it multi even double click like, <laughs> now that is a joy when you click it once and it pops up where you want it to be joy unlocked <laughs> and it was so easy it to was develop so easy oh my gosh okay so really the bottom line for this learning there's probably a couple one is obviously always include your community the community that you're building from the learning one include them in the process because that is how you get to this point of oh that's how you want to use it okay let that makes so much sense build that instead but also i think not needing it to be perfect because ultimately your perfection is not other people's perfection Mm. you know so that's the thing we're all going to build it to our mold and if you are the minority and the outlier, then literally no one is going to know how to use your product, you know, eat your product, enjoy your product. And so almost you may as well put out in your mind what is an imperfect product and then listen to the feedback. Mm. You know, that's always been so key. It's how we've approached, you know, prior businesses, the early kind of cap show, cap show 1.0. So it's, you know, kind of just rerouting yourself back in the principles that you've always followed and just making sure you don't get too far away with it again because you mm. have the new shiny thing that you want to deliver out of the box amazing and that's what we found out and again it comes back to that point one community it was amazing to be on that call even though i you know i'm very much in the shadows just listening and that's the beauty of it is to hear those great nuggets and even as she said it i was like look actually when i'm demoing i have a tendency to click before i drag this does that is very intuitive start clicking point made yeah and that's where we started we've done all this work to go from click to drag to just go back to click again then eventually when we ship we feel a lot better about it and we just kind of then can't wait to see what the next round of feedback is so yeah and I do want to, you know, to make this particular learning because I think everyone can 100% learn from this even in, if it's in your business, like like for us, but even for your podcast, uh, because I know that there are a ton of people who don't want to launch a podcast until it's absolutely perfect, until all the audio sounds is amazing and it's all fully edited. I know that there are people even now who have a podcast going and they there's some things holding them back from creating content or getting their blog up or their podcast website up because, again, it needs to be, you know, perfectly designed and everything on there needs to be just again perfect and I would just highly encourage like definitely take a leaf from our book around the fact that like we all struggle with this right we I 100% struggled with it I made some bad decisions and probably delayed us a little bit because of that but ultimately hopefully this gives you permission if you need it to just be completely imperfect we did launch on Friday with a completely imperfect product it is so imperfect 
And right now where we are going through and adding and fixing the things that we know we again had to make I had to make the call on to be like actually we're just going to wear that because it's it's fine like we you know we we can fix that very quickly soon after and so do not 100% let your perfection hold you back you have an important message to share you have important things that you're doing for clients and the people who are going to be better off because of you. And if you don't put that out there, then you're actually doing the world a disservice. So definitely do not let your perfection hold you back. So that was learning number two. And learning number three, I guess, was very much linked to that, <laughs> which is how do we not overcomplicate things? I'm not going to say it's a gender thing, but I feel like definitely Bono and I, I'm at odds. I'm like, I don't know how to not do this. Yeah. I don't know. So, how do you, Ash? How do we not overcomplicate everything? My preferred mode of being in an overcomplicated state. No, I don't think it's a gender thing at all. I mean, I think I'm I'm just as guilty of probably bringing, again, it's, it's when you become too detailed mm. and every little thing then is, you know, being broken down. Then you build a product that is trying to account for every single thing and then you start to over-engineer. I always just think back. I mean, like, First business everyone would know in the chock pot. So me being in the kitchen cooking desserts made some amazing desserts that no one ever ate because they were too complicated. That was not what the people wanted. It was not what they kind of were familiar with. Mm. And sometimes you have to start with the familiar things and then slowly build on to the, the interesting greater things. It's too big a jump. And and that's where I think sometimes when you overcomplicate it, it's a hard task to kind of, you know, build internally ourselves and it Mm. delays you as well as yeah you deliver something that people don't understand how to use because they didn't know they want it yet so start simple and then layer everything on i think that was definitely something that we've learned through this but we got there again it always goes back to those top two points of kind of going hey we don't need to be perfect and listen to your community that you've built because a lot of that came from that those that that feedback some some amazing kind of people playing Mm. with the tool and just opening our eyes again because we were too close to it yeah and gosh so yes overcomplication do not overcomplicate and even if i bring that back to even from a podcasting perspective you know in a way we you know kudos to us in a way ever since starting even in podcasting we were very imperfect a hundred percent like oh my goodness yeah did not do any editing did not do it I'm surprised anyone actually even listened to that podcast. And we kept it very simple to begin with. It was literally a conversation between us uh, for the first podcast. And, you know, yes, this particular one is a little bit more complicated. We have more editing. I do I do way more around from a production perspective, you know, the narrations and things like that. But it was, we built to that. We built to that. Right? It. Like we didn't start there. And so I think if nothing else, hopefully, again, if you're in this boat where you feel like maybe you're overcomplicating it, for example, maybe you have too many funnels in your business or you have too many um, products or too many offers or too many whatever it is because you're not getting traction, then this might be the message you needed to hear, which mm. is how do you simplify, 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 do not overcomplicate it and really just nail the one thing that you can get done, which I, I talk, I say that like I'm an expert on that. I hope you know, I'm, I am not. I'm, I'm st- staying silent in the segment, <laughs> as you can see. I'm happy to follow direction on this one. 
I'm still trying to work work through this, but it has been a learning and we're going to continue to try to to work on this on this bit. So I think those were, you know, our three main learnings really from this last, gosh, feels like about two years, but in reality, the hard part was about two, the, the last two weeks really. And, you know, one, build your community and let them in, like let them in to Truly you, in. yeah, into your business, like really let them in. Do not let perfection hold you back. Just be, be loud and proud with how imperfect you are and how imperfect your product is. Uh, we are very loud and proud about that, about how imperfect it is. And do not overcomplicate what you don't need to. In fact, that's anything. You don't need to overcomplicate anything because that actually makes it harder for people to buy from you, I think, ultimately, mm. at the end of the day. And that's, you know, as entrepreneurs, that's that's what we want, right? So those were our definitely our three collective team learnings. But we are so excited because we literally, when this goes live, we would have been live with 2.0 for four days now. <laughs> I would have said five, but Friday was a little bit of a write-off. Anyone who who was logged on Friday morning and we still had our 2.0 is loading side up pretty much all the way until the afternoon. That was not our intention, but that's what happened anyway. So we do we do apologize. And we have a treat for you, hopefully a treat for you, for you as well listening to this. First of all, I did want to say thank you to each and every one of you. I do also want to say a big thank you to people like James Cridland, who wrote about us on Friday's edition of Pod News. That was very, I'm not going to lie, it was a bit jarring to see my, my, my name literally in headline, in like in the headline, you know, it's Deidre's capture. Exactly. Um, I do want to say, you know, even the likes of Dave Jackson, I think today as well, his episode, oh wait, yeah, today, his episode is going to go live where he interviewed me and we spoke a little bit about AI and competition and, and all the things, um, you know, and just thank you to every, like, even I think Larry's going to do for PodFest, he's going to be doing a piece on Capture 2.0. From the bottom of our hearts, anyone who is just helping us spread the word, like, I hope you know how, how much we appreciate that and how much we just want to acknowledge, acknowledge you. Even if it, even if we haven't said you by name, just know that we hundred percent appreciate everything that you're doing to help us get the word out there about what it is that we're trying to do and who we're trying to serve. Because ultimately, if we can help you, the podcaster, the entrepreneur who podcasts, amplify your message, get it to the people who need to hear it, that is what success means to us. So thank you for believing in that mission. Thank you for going along this journey. Thank you for just believing in us to help you do it like that's oh my gosh huge privilege huge privilege so thank you so what we have what we are going to do is by the time this goes live we're going to send an email out as well but we just to celebrate the launch of capture 2.0 to yeah just have everyone i don't know just bask in its amazingness and hopefully it works for you <laughs> when you log on but please let us know if it doesn't yeah we are going to put an a credit a free credit into your account if you're already a Capshovian, just because we appreciate you we yeah i've already said thank you so many times on this episode i think that you probably are sick of hearing it but genuinely we appreciate you we could not have done any of this without you and so you know, it's just our small, it's just a small way for us to say thanks to each and every one of you. So that's it from us today. Yes. I know this was a super long episode, so apologies about that, but um, hopefully it was helpful for you as well. 
please leave us a message. I do, if you go to the episode description, there's a link that says read the full show notes that will take you to our podcast or website page. Go to leave us a message. And I think you can do it either typing or voice. We would love to hear from you. Was there anything in this episode that you were able to take away from it? Or just generally any thoughts that you had about this episode? Did you hate it? Because you're like, you guys went for way too long. You ramble too much. (laughs) I learned nothing from this. Please let us know. But I'd love to, if you leave a voice message, I'd love to start actually playing some of your thoughts on in this podcast. So yeah, please go ahead and do that. That's that's it from us. That's it. We appreciate you. This is Deidre. I'm joined by Bonner. Ash. We are the Cap Show founding team. Thank you for being here and I'll see you in the emails. Bye. <laughs> and stay awesome. <laughs>